Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Balls Over the Top podcast. I'm your host, Michael Rock. And I'm your host, Brendan Collins. We want to start off by wishing everybody a happy holidays. It yeah. is currently Christmas Eve. Yeah, so Merry and, Christmas, everybody. Yeah, Merry Christmas, who, whoever's celebrating that. And honestly, we hope everybody's having a great holiday, no matter what you're celebrating or how you're celebrating yeah. in this crazy year that has been 2020. And, you know, maybe most excitingly, we are entering the last week yeah. of 2020, getting ready to turn a page, you know, move on from the, yeah. this craziness. Yeah, we made the finish line. Start celebrating. Exactly. And with the last week of the year comes the penultimate week of the NFL season. And we have a lot of exciting games to get into, and we're going to jump into things. Absolutely. We can start off with the Christmas Day Friday game. Yeah, really, really an exciting matchup we have going on there. I mean, Friday, first of all, to imply that it being a Friday overshadows it being Christmas is a little ridiculous. But, you know, I don't know if I've ever seen a Friday football game, Friday NFL game at least. I'm trying to think, and, and, you know, maybe there has been. I don't want to imply this is the first time in NFL history. I'm sure they'll let us know if it is. Oh, yeah. But... It's pretty crazy. You know, Friday football is something we normally don't see. We see Saturday sometimes. Obviously, we see the Thursday games, uh-huh. Monday, and even we've seen a few Tuesdays here and there, even years beyond this. Obviously, this year it's been all over the map. Yeah, we've had Wednesday football. Exactly. But here we are, Christmas Day football, and we have the New Orleans Saints taking on the Minnesota Vikings. I got to say, Saints are six-and-a-half-point favorites. <laughs> I mean... I think that that's generous to yeah. Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I think it's a little generous there. But then we again, we have no idea when this Minnesota. Well, you never know which team's going to show up. But I'll tell you, you do know what Saints team is going to show up. Yeah, and they're coming off of a loss that they're not too happy about. Now, two consecutive losses. Yeah, and I think playoff time on national television mm. on Christmas Day in the dome. I think we're going to see New Orleans. Demolish, yeah. The Minnesota Vikings. I think their their offense. It's going to be one of the bad days for the Vikings offense because I think that Saints defense is hungry. Yeah. And I think Malcolm Jenks is going to make some big plays. I think that defensive line is going to make some big plays. Cam Jordan. Uh, I think it's going to be a demolishing. And I think so. Therefore, if I didn't give it away already, I'm going with the Saints to win. Obviously, I'm going with the Saints to cover. My question becomes. That fifty and a half over under, even a hungry Saints defense and a Jekyll and Hyde Vikings offense, you still there's a part of me that thinks they could still put up a touchdown or two. I mean, you got Justin Jefferson, you got Adam Thielen. Yeah, their running attack is good, especially when Dalvin Cook is playing. Especially but if he gets the garbage time, even when he's off. Exactly, Kirk Cousins can complete. You know. Complete passes against a four-man rush and a drop-back, you know, zone. It's it's pretty. It's what he does. Yeah, that's how he stays effective. That's how he got all that guaranteed money. So, you know, I do think we're going to go with the over here. All I right. think we're going to see some fireworks. It's indoors. I think we're going to see some fireworks on Christmas Day. I think everybody wants a show on yeah. Christmas Day. I think we can lock that one in because I'm with you across the board. Saints money line. Saints with the. Minus six and a half gets the spread, and then we're going with that over of 50 and a half. But let's move on to Saturday. We got more Saturday football this week, and we have a handful of games coming up on Saturday. Three of them to be exact. 
For starters, we have an NFC matchup that I think everybody thinks is pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are taking on the Detroit Lions, and there's a 10-point gap there on the 10-point spread. Bucks are, I think, obviously favored there and pretty heavily on the money line as well. The one that's a little bit of a shocker is the over-under of 54. I say shocker because another team that's wildly inconsistent, the Detroit Lions, but again... Matt Stafford's capable of putting up points. He's capable, especially in garbage time, yeah. uh, of racking up yards, getting getting his team some points on the board once the game is out at hand. So 54 doesn't become that unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, they've scored both 0 and 40 points in a game of the season. So with that in mind, I think I am going to – I think going with Tampa to win. But I don't know if I see it being that much of a blowout. I mean, we're seeing Ronald Jones is going to be out this week. And he has really become the focal point of that backfield, despite uh-huh. having Leonard Fournette and Shady McCoy. I think I've got to go Tampa to win, but Detroit to cover. And I think we're seeing the under of that 54 because of the fact that it ends up being a close game. And I think it's a close game not because Detroit's staying in it offensively, but because Tampa's equally struggling offensively. Um. So I'm I'm going the Buccaneers to win this money line because I think Tom Brady's not going to take a loss this deep into December. Yeah, especially with playoff seeding still being up in the air. I mean, honestly, that division is still up in the air with the Saints now having taken two losses in a row. Right. But I don't think they're going to be able to blow Detroit out, and I think Detroit actually covers in this one. I think it's within 10 points. I think, you know... Tom Brady might win it with a touchdown at the end, but that's still less than 10 points. For this over-under, I'm also going to take the under in this one. So we're, we're locked it in. We're yeah, both on the I, same page yeah I think we can lock it in because 54 points is a lot to ask of and, and two teams that can struggle. points is a lot. When... Yeah. Neither team's been, like, crushing other teams. We move on. The second game of the day is an NFC West matchup. We have the struggling, really kind of... In no man's land, San Francisco 49ers. I was going to say traveling to take on the Arizona Cardinals, but they've been playing all their games in Arizona. So really, it's kind of like two home teams playing against each other. Yeah. It's like the host and the Airbnb renters facing off against each other. Exactly. Four and a half points spread, I think, is reasonable just considering this Niners team doesn't quite roll over for everybody. But this Cardinals team is also pretty good. You know, the Eagles played really well last week, and the Cardinals found a way to pull this one out. And, and I think they're playing some of their best football of the year right now. i got to go with the Cardinals to win and Cardinals to cover. 47.5's got me puzzled. I, I think I'm going to go I think I'm gonna go over there. I th- I, yeah, I'm going over. Not confidently. I think you could tell by the tone of voice, but I'm going over there at 47.5. What, what are you feeling? I do think Arizona takes this one. I think Kyler Murray has really just found a stride in being able to just move the chains with enough regularity. And also, they play a very controlling game with this Arizona offense, despite it being a very spread offense. It is mostly about marching down the field. I think it works pretty well. I think they're going to be tough for the 49ers. I think they... I'll take the cards with the spread, too. However, I don't see the overhitting in this one because I think 
San Francisco's quarterback situation still just it makes them too slow at getting the ball out, and they just take big hits. I don't, I don't think we're going to get that many points in this one. All righty, well, we move over to the AFC for the nighttime game on Saturday. Yeah, it's a battle between the party cities. Yeah, Miami takes on Vegas. Wow. What a storyline that is. We got Tua Tagovailoa coming on and taking on Derek Carr. Is Derek Carr? Actually, no, Derek Carr's out. We're going to have Marcus Mariota starting is he, for the... Is he officially ruled out? I believe he is. I mean, that groin injury looked pretty bad. It took him out that entire game, right? Exactly. So... Yeah, but Vegas comes into this one actually three-point no, dogs. Apparently, actually, Derek Carr has no injury status right now. Interesting. Interesting. So I guess he is starting. It would be a league violation if he is suddenly ruled out then, if he's taken off the injury report then yeah. back on. So I guess we should expect to see Derek Carr on the field, which is a little bit of a surprise considering how he came off the field last week, but I don't really think that impacts how I'm feeling about this game. No. No, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling Miami. I think Tua and Miami have been, impressed me a lot this season. They've had their ups and downs for sure. They actually, they, you know, I read something today saying they they, you know, they could still land a top three draft pick even with that Texans pick, because uh, they have Houston's first round pick this year, which Houston's really bad. Obviously, Houston, it's right now looking like they're going to track more in the 5-7 to seven range, but if things go the way that they... Like, Houston takes on Cincinnati. If Cincinnati beats Houston there, that's huge. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so there's all sorts of things that could happen here. And they could be the first playoff team to draft top three in the draft in, like, 30 years, which is insane. Yeah. Just throwing that little but that, out. But that GM looks like a real galaxy brand if he pulls that off. I mean, in a sense, I think it was a pretty much a no-brainer. I mean, they got an incredible haul for Laramie Tunsil, who, yes, was good tackle, don't yeah. get me wrong, but remember they got Laramie Tunsil on a steal because that video of him smoking pot came out the day before the draft in the, like, bomb gas mask contraption posted to his personal Instagram. What a goober. I mean, I know he got hacked. He didn't post it, but still. Yeah, still. It's, uh, he, he plummeted in the draft, and they ended up getting a steal and then turning around and just robbing Houston blind. I mean, again, solid player, but, like, they gave up more for Laramie Tunsil than the Eagles gave the Bills for Jason Peters, and Jason Peters is a surefire Hall of Famer where, like. Yeah, but he was also playing tight end. No, we got him. I, he was a Pro Bowl t- left tackle already. Yeah, I know. I mean, he was a conversion project, though. And they but were... he had already made the Pro Bowl and was established as an elite left tackle when the Eagles brought him over, and he was in his prime. I remember, we got him as like a 27-year-old. Right, I know. Like, like, And he wasn't drafted as a tight end. He was a tight end in college. Yeah. But he was drafted as a tackle. They knew very well what he was going to do, and he did it. And then he did. So... I digress here. I mean, they gave up more for Laramie Tunsil than the Eagles. I mean, none of those Eagles draft picks were ever in the even in the top ten no. that they gave up for that. It's unbelievable. But we can move on. Yeah, we digress. I, I, sorry, I didn't even really make our picks. I'm going Miami to win. I'm going Miami to cover. And 49, 48 points, I think we're going to see the over. 
I think we're going to see that because this Vegas team has been scoring some points. You know, a lot of those outside threats who aren't necessarily household names, but, you know, guys like Aguilar, Renfro, Darren Waller. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. have all been stepping up. Josh Jacobs is still a heck of a running back. So yeah. I, I don't see Vegas being kept off the score sheet, but Miami's been too good of a team. Yeah, the and just in all three phases. I mean, the offense keeps possession of the ball. The and with, defense with has Vegas been very looking good. closer to eliminated than not, and and Miami really still trying to fight both for the division and and for the for, for a wild card spot. Yeah, might not be still fighting for the division. I know the Patriots were eliminated, but I don't know if Miami has a chance to catch Buffalo. They might. I'm I'm with you on the Dolphins pick. I'm picking the Dolphins money line, and I'm picking them against the spread. I don't think we hit the over in this one. I think time and time again, this, this Dolphins defense has just been able to lock it down. And we've also seen that the Vegas Raiders can really just kind of collapse in on themselves if they don't get going early they can really struggle to motivate themselves late and with being eliminated i see that still being a possibility what is your thought on this next game okay this next game we see the atlanta falcons taking on the kansas city chiefs chiefs are 10 and a half point favorites and the over under in this one is at uh, 54 and a half which right now I can tell you I'm picking the over in this one I think that over is kind of low I think this could very easily be uh, like a 60 point over under and I would probably still be debating it that being said I think the Chiefs win this one I think they really are just they're just too strong they've just got too many weapons and the defense has been very good you said it last week too Jones up the middle man causes so much disruption, so many collapsed pockets, so many run plays blown up. However, I do think the Falcons cover this 10.5 points. I don't think it's going to be a double-digit game from the Chiefs, just because it's Matt Ryan, and Matt Ryan can sling it with the best of them. Yeah, it's valid. I mean, Matt Ryan's Matt Ryan can still put up a lot of points. Yeah. And again, I think he's very much so playing for a job because if not even even if he's not playing for a job in Atlanta, he's playing for a job somewhere. You know. Yeah. I think I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna differ with you here. I I understand and I agree that I think the Falcons can score points, but I think the Chiefs can score a lot of points, and I think that uh, the Falcons will likely in, at some point run out of gas, and we we see the Chiefs really you know. Really, a step on the throat. Yeah, I I think I see the Chiefs winning and covering, even though that is a fat spread, and I'm very reluctant to take. You know, double digit spreads. Yeah, but I think I go Chiefs win, Chiefs cover, and then we do see the over, even with that cover. But we move on. The next game on our docket. It's just deciding draft picks at this point. Yeah, really is between the Chicago Bears and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, the Jaguars moving up into possession of the number one pick. I believe they are currently leading the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. So it really behooved them to lose out. But Gardner Minshew is playing for a job. 
He wants that job. He does not want them to take Trevor Lawrence and thus no. guarantee him losing said job, even though I imagine they're taking a quarterback regardless. I do think we see the Bears come out and win this one, given the amount of people all around who are playing for jobs. I mean, Matt Nagy's got a job on the line if it's not already predetermined. Whether it be Nick Foles or Mitch Trubisky, they want a job. Whether You know what I mean? Like, there's just so yeah. many... Guys here that these are auditions, if not for their current teams, then for another team. And I think I see Chicago win it, but I do think it's a close one. And I think we see a Jacksonville cover. And we're getting the under of 47 because neither of these teams are very good. And I don't think they will score a ton of points. I think we can lock this one in. I think both the defenses are better than both these teams' offenses. Yeah, I mean... I honestly think right now the most impressive offensive player on either side of the ball is James Robinson. Oh, yeah, but I think, well, I mean, yeah, I think right this, now, this season. This, this season that anybody has had, the only person who, honestly, by the way, major Pro Bowl snub. I don't know if we ever went into the Pro Bowl. No, we're not. We, no, but we uh, I think he was a major snub from the Pro Bowl considering he's top five in the league in rushing and he's breaking all sorts of undrafted rookie records and i mean he's good in the season with like 1600 yards rushing yeah and like oh, close to 2000 scrimmage yards like uh, pretty ridiculous but, in you, my but book. you know you know how lazy these pro bowl votes are. Yeah. yeah i get it but like and i know it's a jacksonville team that's kind of a joke and almost doesn't deserve pro bowl recognition but this kid has really worked his tail off and again for an undrafted kid to maybe be the top running back out of, the, out of this rookie class is saying something. Yeah, on a on a on a bad team. Yeah, team that usually isn't in a position to be running the ball all that much. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, this is pretty much uh, we lock it in. Yeah, we lock it in. Elsewhere, I remember I was mentioning this has some draft pick implications. The Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Houston Texans. Remember, the Houston Texans have everything to play for considering they do not have possession of their first-round pick, as noted mo moments ago. And I think that we see them, their hunger, and the fact that they don't benefit from any losses, you know. I think we see Houston come out and win this game. I think Romeo Cornell is a phenomenal head coach. I mean, not phenomenal, his record indicates otherwise, but you know what I mean? Maybe the best interim head coach. He's brings stability to unstable franchises. And I think we see, you know, Deshaun Watson is far better than whatever quarterback they're going to throw out there uh, without Joe Burrow. Seven and a half points got me a little bit puzzled because Houston hasn't won any game convincingly this year. Mm -hmm. But I think they get it done. I think they get it done with that seven and a half point spread, and I think they cover. Again, I'm not too convinced on that. Maybe if you're betting, I'd avoid the spread on this game. But with backup quarterbacks in, it's always a mystery. That's true. Ryan, Ryan Finley hasn't looked great. Yeah, and I do think I'd go with the under of 46.5. Yeah, this is this is an interesting matchup. I think that 7.5 points is pretty big. I don't know if I really trust it. And I think you know we're talking about snubs here. The uh, that safety from the Bengals has been like one of the top safeties in the league this season. No nomination. It's been a it was a bad Pro Bowl year. Well, and you know the questions up in the air too. Are they even playing the Pro Bowl? I don't or think was so. It just a in name only Pro Bowl nominations. You know, with COVID going on right now, I can't imagine. 
players, teams, anything would want to deal with the travel and quarantining and all the different players coming from all the different teams yeah. meeting up. Like that just sounds. No, that sounds like a, like a Hollywood TikTok party. Um, I do think the Texans win this one in the end. I think we see Cincinnati cover the spread, though, just because neither team's been that good. And really, Deshaun Watson's now throwing to nobody. Yeah, nobody. Like it's it's gotten pretty rough in that situation. I th- and as a result, I think we see the under of forty six and a half. Got another one o'clock game here. This is a matchup between somebody who still has, believe it or not, division hopes, and somebody that has probably no hope. Cleveland Browns face off against these New York Jets. The Browns are nine and a half point favorites, and the over/under in this one is at forty-seven and a half. I can tell you right now, take that over. Yeah, take the over. I think the Jets though do get back to their losing ways. Uh-huh. So I think we take the Cleveland money line here. The question becomes that nine and a half point spread. Yeah, and this seems like and a bad beat spread. It seems like a trap. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with Cleveland. Only because they are hot uh-huh. right now. They're rolling. But also, I wouldn't be shocked to see not only the Jets cover, but even the Jets possibly pull off the upset. You know, this could be a trap game. The amount of times you see a team get their first win after they start out like 0-10 and then immediately come out the next game and ride that momentum and kind of like, it's almost like the monkey is off their back. You know, there was must maybe so much anxiety and pressure to get that first win that now that they got it, they actually can execute their game plans. And you know what I mean? Like, so I, I do think I'm still going to go Cleveland across the board and the over, but I'm not going to rule out the possibility of an upset here. I mean, you know, I'm not saying any of this confidently. By no means do I think this is a lock or a, you know, cemented. Yeah. You know, well, you're probably not going to bet on this one, are you? Probably not. Maybe I'd throw it in into one that's like maybe if I pick all the games or do like, you know, a big teaser or yeah, something. Yeah, the 16. Yeah, like, because I would consider doing like even a teaser where I up up the Jets to like... Plus 17. Exactly. Instead of like, you know, Cleveland minus three. But. Right. I'm, I'm with you on that one. I think we do see the Jets cover in this one. I think that nine and a half is pretty big. And I think they will have momentum, but... Baker Mayfield can keep up with anybody. Exactly, and they got a lot and, of momentum too right now. And, they're one of the hottest teams. And in the they've league. been running the ball so well these past couple weeks. This offensive line looks like they can really push people around, and Nick Chubb can just squeak through there at any given moment and crack off a whole bunch of yards. Really good with the the running chunk plays, but the, I think the Jets are going to hang. I think they're going to be on the tails of this one. Sam Darnold's also playing for his job. Or a job, depending on that, how the Trevor Lawrence sweepstake falls. I mean, a job is his job, no matter what. That is true. I, yeah, I think we can, we can. Yeah, we can I move think on. We could see pretty much any reality coming out of this game because Cleveland still doesn't give me confidence, and even as well as they have been playing, and the Jets have been kind of a mystery this year. I mean, I think everybody thought they'd be bad, but I don't know if anybody thought they'd be this bad. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because I mean, remember, Le'Veon Bell was on that team this year. Uh-huh. Isn't that crazy to think about? Like there was a there was a point this year when everybody was talking about, oh, Sam Darnold took another step. Oh, they have Le'Veon Bell. Oh, they have, you know. Uh-huh. It's just a, a crazy year. 
But we move on to an AFC matchup that has some pretty significant playoff implications. The Indianapolis Colts are taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers in a matchup that, so far, I think is my favorite one we've mentioned this weekend. Could be my favorite of the overall weekend. Well, okay, maybe not on an Eagles-Cowboys weekend, but we'll get to that in a bit. Come on. The Colts and the Steelers playing each other is a huge matchup. I mean, the Steelers have been really in a free fall until late. They finally stopped the bleeding this past week, getting back in the right column. But, you know, it's it's been uh, it's been a struggle for that team. Otherwise, Indy, it's kind of been the opposite. I feel like they've been rolling of late. Phillip Rivers has had that team well, firing on all cylinders. Yeah, and, and there's a lot of things that they're trying to build on, but both of these teams are still in relatively competitive divisional matchups. I mean, as about as competitive as they can be with two weeks you know, left in the season. With the Titans and the Colts duking it out in the AFC South, and now... Cleveland's play has brought the division and Pittsburgh's play of late has brought the division back up for grabs. So this game has a lot of playoff implications and I gotta say I'm a little bit surprised by the spread here. It's a one and a half point spread. The Colts are favorites despite the fact that this game is in Pittsburgh. And we see an incredibly low 44 and a half over under. I do know it's outdoors. I do know it's Pittsburgh. It's a tough place to play. But 44.5 seems really low. I know these are great defensive teams. But 44.5 seems really low considering these are both teams that have proven that no matter who the opponent, they are capable of putting points on the board. More so the Colts of late than Pittsburgh, but still. So I think we start with the over here of 44.5. I think we can lock that in. Because that just seems... Dumb. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's yeah, it seems silly for to. I mean, if you were just saying that Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger are facing off each other with each other, and the and over it would under... be like one of the lowest over unders of the week, other than I th- I'm seeing a forty three and a half and a forty one and a half for the rest of the week. Like it's the third lowest over under in a in a week with sixteen games being played, and they're both teams on track to make the playoffs. Like. No, something's no. not adding up here. Doesn't smell right. Yeah, so we lock in, I think, that over a 44.5 for the both of us. And I tell you, I like I like the Colts. I think the Colts win this game and cover. I know Pittsburgh maybe got it back on track a little bit last week, but that wasn't convincing. No. That wasn't playoff football. No. And the Colts, it seems like, have been playing playoff football Wait, for the last, last couple last week, months. didn't they lose to the Bengals? Did they lose? Yeah. Hey, then, yeah, I'm even more off. I thought they won that game. No, I think the Bengals lost. You know what I'm telling you? I, I, was, I was paying more attention to that game's fantasy implication because you and I had so much <laughs> fantasy riding. I literally wasn't even looking at the looking at the scoreboard. No, we were just watching the... Uh, just watching the stat lines. The stat line, yeah. So, yeah, I, I take back anything I said about Pittsburgh stopping the bleeding. They are in full-on bleed-out right now, and I think that continues against this Colts team. I mean, Steelers have lost three straight... I think it gets made four straight against the playoff-bound Indianapolis Colts and Phillip Rivers. Absolutely. One-and-a-half point spread almost seems a little, like I said, a little shocking. Yes, I'm with you. We can lock this one in. Colts to win, Colts to against the spread. 
Well, we'll move right into another 1 o'clock game here on Sunday, and this one starts to get a little closer to home here with the NFC East involved. Absolutely. We have the New York football Giants facing off against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Ravens are heavy favorites at 10.5 points, and the over-under of 43.5. This is one of the only games lower than that Colts-Steelers matchup. I tell you, right as I just take a first glance at this, I think Ravens win over of 43.5. Again, seems really low. And I do think, though, that the Giants cover. I think that they are able to stay close enough in this game that they've been playing some of their best football of the season of late. And Baltimore has been struggling. I know the last two weeks it seems like they've just opened a can of whoop-ass and, you know, Popeye with his spinach. They just got back onto what they... You know, Lamar looked like MVP Lamar again, but this is actually a pretty tough Giants defense. It's going to be cold. It's not crazy cold, but it's still, you know. Pretty chilly. I, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling this. Over 43 and a half, Ravens to win, and we'll give the Giants the cover here because they've been playing some good football. I think we see the over, for sure. Especially with how well the Baltimore offense has been rolling. And I think the Giants will still be able to put up points. I think Baltimore wins this one. And I think I think New York covers. I think we can lock this one in. Well, we're going to head here to another four. Well, now we're actually heading to the four o'clock matchups, rather. But we are heading to another NFC East team. The Washington football team and their head coach, Ron Rivera, host his ex-team, the Carolina Panthers at FedEx Field, the dumpster of the NFL, in a game that has major playoff implications for us as Eagles fans. I mean, if Washington wins this game, they can eliminate us from playoff contention. It has huge implications for, I imagine, Ron Rivera playing against his own his old franchise. He brought them to the Super Bowl. That was his first real success as a head coach, as an NFL head coach. And it's a one-point spread, which is a little bit surprising. Washington not even getting the three-point home team spread. Total toss-up. The money lines are even at minus 108 apiece. And here we have the lowest over-under out of every matchup in the league this weekend at 41.5. So we move on to the next game, Denver versus Los Angeles. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this is a brutal game to yeah, pick. This game, I I don't know. I think there is, it's tough, because this Washington football team's defensive line has been very good. I know Chase Young probably got that Pro Bowl nomination a little early, because he's got numbers on par with players like Josh Sweat, but he's been he's been impressive for a rookie defensive end. You know, n- normally they come out and some of them are like, "Wow, this guy's pretty good." And I think maybe the Pro Bowl nominations it's premature, but he's been he's been very good. I think with a one point spread, I will take Carolina both money line and plus a point. I think they're just the better overall team. And they also didn't have a team partying. They didn't have a quarterback, you know, 
partying at the strip club this week. I think there's still some culture issues with the Washington football team. I don't know if they're going to be very resilient. This over-under, though, is tough because I could see it very easily going, you know, both ways. This could be like a 13-3 game, but this could also be like a 33-20 game. This could go really either way. I think we see the over, though. My gut's telling me go over when it's this low. Yeah, I mean, when you see ones that look too good to be true, you almost want to jump on it. And I could see this game being such a trap game. But if it is, I think we're both going to fall for that trap. I'm going over a 41.5 there as well. I think we do see... Oh, my analytical pick is that I think Washington wins and Washington covers. If you want my pick, those are my picks. I say begrudgingly. I'd like to think this is a big game for Matt Rule and a big game for this Panthers franchise. A lot is on the line for one team, though, not both. I would love to see Carolina win this game to set up a winner-take-all divisional matchup between Eagles and Washington in the last week of the season. I just don't know. I, I, I can't make the pick... So, my, again, I told you my pick is Washington. I, I, I want to see Matt Rule do well. I want to see Teddy Bridgewater do well. I think Teddy Bridgewater very much so is still auditioning for a job, considering he's st- the injuries and, and everything. Uh, this Panthers team has grown so much from where it was at the beginning of the season, and they've had to do it all without, not all, but almost entirely without Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, mostly without Christian. It does look like he's out this week. So... Can Carolina get it done? Yes. Do I want to see them get it done? Yes. Am I hoping and rooting that they get it done? Yes. Will I have a few bets that probably has them in on it? Yes. But my pick and what I actually think is going to happen is yes. Washington wins. Your analyst Washington mind. covers. And we'll go with the over on that on that forty one and a half. Alrighty. Well, we've got another 4:05 game, and it was the aforementioned Denver Broncos facing off against the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are the three-point home favorites, and the over/under in this one is at 49. Yeah, I think I I at least really felt something in my gut when I first glanced at this line here, and I've stuck with it. I think it's I think it's pretty easy to uh, to imagine the Chargers winning and covering this game. Mm-hmm. The thing that had me on the line was that 49 over-under, and I'm going to go with the over on that. I was initially, actually, I did just switch it, so my gut was going to say the under, because I imagined that Denver was going to struggle, but Drew Locke has actually provided a little bit of consistency there. Philip Lindsay being back and Melvin Gordon have been a solid one-two punch in the running game. Jerry Judy has actually emerged as a pretty solid target as long as he's healthy, and Noah Font's been a phenomenal tight end with Timmy Patrick as a solid TE number two. So I I think they've been doing enough of late and that offense has been getting better and better once they got a consistent signal caller. I think they're going to put up like at least 14 and I really could see Justin Herbert going off for like 35 or more against this Broncos defense. So that's why I'm going with the over now. Of 49, but I don't think there's going to be much of a doubt on the scoreboard. I think it's Chargers win and Chargers cover with a three point. Okay, well, we agree pretty handedly 
Actually, we agree across the board, so we can lock this one in. But I think you're also forgetting how bad this Chargers defense is. Well, that's that's part of why I thought Drew Locke and that Broncos. Yeah, they've I mean, been competent enough. Like they were so bad early in the year that even if they were against a middle school defense, I wasn't ex- necessarily banking on the Broncos scoring 14 points. Right. But this Chargers defense hasn't been great, and they've been getting consistently better. And I think the merger of that, like I said. 14, maybe even 21, 17. I see the Broncos falling in that range. And again, I see the Chargers in the 28, 35, 42, 31. You know what I mean? That kind of four touchdowns. They're probably going to have a couple short fields because even as bad as the Chargers defense has been, I could see Drew Locke turning the ball over. Yeah, that's always a possibility. hope I didn't say San Diego in this whole time. I, I, I for some reason, just in my head, was thinking San Diego Chargers, and I was like, oh boy, did I mess it up and say San Diego instead of L.A.? But I introduced it, and I'm, I said L.A. So I know you did, but... I yeah. don't think... I, don't, I think you just called them the Chargers. I also just think they should move back to San Diego, and then moving to L.A. was a mistake, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Diversify markets. Why would you do that? We're going to go to the NFC West now, staying on the West Coast. And we have a matchup between the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Now, two teams that have been really all over the map over the last eight weeks. I mean, having dominant stretches, looking bad for stretches. Offense being just ineffective some games and then going off other games. I mean, it seems like it's been the way of the whole league this year, but these two teams, I think, really embody it pretty well. I mean, we were talking about the Seahawks at times. You know, Russell Wilson being a surefire MVP and, and them running away with that division. Yeah, and then, through week six, that's how it looked. And then and then everything just kind of flipped on its head. So I think I'm inclined here, though, to think that the Seahawks are, in my mind, the more playoff-seasoned, the more impressive, the more team I have more faith in, at least for a steady performance. And so my gut's just going to go with Seattle here to win. They, they are the home team. Playing in Seattle's tough. So I'm going Seattle win, Seattle cover, and 47.5. I'm going to go with the over on that one. I I am going to go completely opposite. I think the Rams have this one. I think the defense of the Rams has been just a... I mean, they've been good. I think we've seen a real stalling out of the offense in Seattle. I think I think we see the Rams come away with this victory. I'm going to take them with the point and a half. I think we see the under 47. I don't think I don't think we're going to get two teams dueling. I think it's going to be a very much a trench game. A lot of punts, a lot of kicking the ball back and forth. Yeah, we'll see. Grinding out. Close one. Well, the last four or last game of the 4 o'clock games, really a huge matchup for us. I mentioned it earlier. Yeah, this is, it's Dallas Favorite week. Favorite game of the weekend, Eagles-Cowboys. And, you know, I love my birds. I think Jalen Hurts has been an exciting change of pace. I think we win this game. I think we cover at 2.5. Over under a 50. I think we see the under only because of how well our defense has been playing. And I think we rattle Andy Dalton. I think we shut them down. We normally are, you know, 
I think the passing game isn't what it normally is, and so where Amari Cooper and you know those guys usually give us a hard time, I don't know if they're going to be in a position to do that with Andy Dalton behind the helm and the way that their offensive line has been in shambles, and you know it's been more a lot more of quick stuff as opposed to that over the top stuff that's been our Achilles heel. Mm-hmm. And then in the run game, just Zeke has been a shell of himself, and I think our defensive line is going to eat the Cowboys' offensive line for lunch. Yeah. So I mean, we've we've got two Pro Bowlers on it. They don't have a single one this this Pro Bowl season. So I'm going to go Eagles to win, Eagles to cover, and I'm going under of 50 points just because of I think our defense stifles their offense. Even with the secondary being as banged up as it is? Yeah, I think our defensive line, I don't think Andy Dalton's going to go off. I hope I knock on some wood. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I actually across the board, so we can lock this one in. I think the Birds get this victory. I think it's December, Doug. It's hard to bet against. He's, I, he's elite. Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been pretty good. Well, we will head into the Sunday night matchup for this week, and this is another game with playoff implications. More so for Tennessee than Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay at this point is competing for a seed, considering the Saints' recent struggles. But the Titans really still fighting for that division, fighting for a playoff spot. And I think this is going to be a, just a cage match. Well, this is the two best offenses, most efficient offenses, going against each other, and... Two Pro Bowl quarterbacks this season in Ryan Tannehill and Aaron Rodgers. And I got to say, you know, they're really different styles. I mean, you know, Tennessee's very much that pound it down your throat. Derrick Henry is the forefront of that offense, still on the chase for the 2,000 yard season. And then you got the Packers offense, which goes as Aaron Rodgers goes. Yep. And, you know, as good of players as he's surrounded by Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. Mm hmm. You know, as many weapons, Alan Lazard or, you know... Robert Tanyan. Exactly. Yeah. As many weapons pro as Bowl he's snub. got. I don't know if I'd say Tanyan's a Pro Bowl snub. This season, I would. He was kind of nowhere to be found the first half of the season. Okay, but I'm numbers-wise, the rest of the season makes up for no numbers at the beginning of the season. I digress. They're two very different styles. The Titans like to control the ball and the clock for the Packers be very sporadic you know they'll have no points at the end of the first quarter and then go off and and have 24 at halftime you know Mm -hmm. i think i'm inclined to say that the packers get this done even though i think defensive football and and clock management are what can normally get a win this packers defense has been really impressive and i think that going to lambeau in december is tough for any team and as a result, I think we see the Packers come away with this win and cover at that three-point line. 55.5, though, seems really high to me, considering the way that I imagine the Titans are going to try and control the, to control the clock, and that it is in a, you know December, late December Lambeau field. Yes. I'm going to go with the under. So Packers win, Packers cover under a 55.5, despite the fact that it's two monster offenses. 
I still think we see the under. I agree with you. I also think we see the under because I think controlling the clock is going to be an important part about this game because both these teams can really take the top well, off. Yeah, and they're and they're teams like they, these aren't teams though like Seattle or Dallas where yes their offense or or Atlanta where yes their offense lights up the scoreboard but their defense is just average points. Yeah. Like these are two very stout defenses. Exactly, and so. To imply that these offenses are just going to be able to waltz their way down the fields in a way that doesn't take a lot of time off the clock is, is I think, ludicrous. Yeah, I do think Tennessee gets this one. I think just because Tennessee's got a little bit, a little bit more to play for. Right? Yeah, now. just a little bit more dog in the line. Yeah, uh, and I think Ryan Tannehill wants to really secure his playoff spot and get there because hasn't happened for him very often in his career uh it's, you know it's not like it's his normal home quite the same way it is for Aaron Rodgers and I think I think it'll be interesting to see but the, the Packers have this division locked up just about yeah but I think they want they they don't want to go to the Superdome so I I think they really really want to get this one We'll see, but I, I'm picking the Titans, and I'm taking them with those with those three points. Well, we go into now the last game of the weekend. Yes. The Monday night matchup. And this matchup is more or less, I think, a holiday gift for anyone in, in upstate New York. The Buffalo Bills traveling to New England to take on the Patriots as more or less... At that point, they may be winners mm-hmm. of the division and taking on a eliminated from playoff contention New England Patriots. I think that we see the Bills come out there and fire on all cylinders as they've been doing for a while. I think the Bills win. I think the Bills cover. And with a 46-point over-under, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say under, even though that's low. I'm going to say under because I think the Patriots have been such a dumpster fire offensively, and this Bills defense, again, we're talking of competent defenses. I think we see the Bills show up, take care of business, kind of as the, yeah, look at me. I am the captain now. Moment for that division. Yeah. Even if next year everything is turned on its head once the Patriots get all their COVID players back. Yeah. But still. Sean McDermott just runs out there instead of shaking Bill Belichick's hand, moment. he RKO's him. Yeah, exactly. no, I, I I think this is I think this is the uh the final act of dethroning this New England Patriots side from their comfortable position at the top of this division. I think the Bills get this one and cover that seven point spread because I don't think this one's gonna be particularly close. And I also really don't think Cam Newton can throw the ball anymore, but that that might be a, a separate, sadder story. And, yeah, under 46, because I don't think we're going to see them put it together, put together a sustained drive where they can finish off the... finish off, Like, finish off a drive, even. I mean, once Cam gets to the red zone, he's been pretty good, but still, for his normal, it's been really... It's been a bad season. Well, that about wraps it up for us here at Balls Over the Top Podcast in this Week 16 NFL prediction show. Safety over the top. Yeah, balls over the safety. Balls over the safety. Safety over the balls. Safety over the balls. Safety your balls.
we're here to talk to you about ball safety. We appreciate you guys listening to us as always. We appreciate you stopping by. We will have one more episode before the new year. Yep. At least one. I think we, yeah, one. One. We're not going to have the next one published by by the new year. So yeah, we'll have one more episode before the new year on Monday where we will recap. I mean, there'll be a ton of exciting Boxing Day action and, and plenty more. But we want to thank you guys for listening to us here in the holiday spirit. Yeah. Thank you guys for choosing us as your voices of sport. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun season. We got a, uh, we got one week left. Exactly, one week left, and and then it's playoffs. Playoffs. Play- you kidding me? You kidding? Playoffs. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for stopping by. You can find our stuff on. Every, everywhere you yeah, can get a podcast. Pretty much anywhere you can get it's a podcast. Like a, it's up to 10 at this point, and I don't feel like listening to them You all. can find our socials at, at B-O-T-T Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. And we look forward to hearing from you. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. <laughs>